0: download the app, Bet Big, Win Bigger. I've gotta tell you, I really like the sound of that, and with WinBet, it's just that easy. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. So if you're from Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, or right here in Virginia, sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $5, win $400. If you're a new WinBet player, you can make your first deposit of $20 or more and become eligible for the offer after opting in. Following your first deposit, you can place a minimum $5 straight bet on any spread over under or money line wager with odds of minus 120 or greater and have a chance to win $400 as a free bet credit. Come on, guys and gals. Download the WinBet app now or visit dot tcom Download the app. Bet big and win bigger, and let's get after it. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where win bet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too. 1-800-889-9789.
1: Welcome to Greenlight with Chris Long. I'm Cowboy Reed. Cowboy Reed. Mm. Today, Chris and Dr. Fax will recap the NFL's Week 13, we'll talk Minshew Mania, the Lions getting their first win, the unstoppable Brady-Gronk connection, Steelers-Ravens, Chargers-Bengals, Washington-Las Vegas, and Chris names his top three teams in both the AFC and NFC. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show.
2: Yo Atwater Atwater California like Steve. Yeah,
0: sure. Yeah, Steve Atwater, Broncos legend. Reed that's the earliest Reed's ever chimed in on the show. Forgot his microphone. Steve
1: Atwater football card. I wish I got it signed by him. Did
0: I tell you I sat with Steve Atwater at uh, at the Super Bowl for a little bit? Oh, for real? And he was one of the nicest people I've ever met that was great at something. I mean, the guy is just a remarkable human being. You'd be very – kid Reed Dickerson would be very happy to know that.
1: Current Reed Dickerson would be – is very happy Good. to know that and Good. is very jealous.
0: Especially after that, uh, that football game we just watched, <laughs> yeah, which we'll talk be. about in a little bit. Chiefs, um, five in a row, they're rolling. Um, layup line, I'm going to go highway men. Okay. Uh, by uh, by the Highwaymen.
2: The highwaymen. Let's yeah, do
0: Yeah, I like how they defeat <laughs> Outlaw country, Nate. You into that? I'll get you into westerns and outlaw country. Somebody DM me and was like, "Hey, man, if you want to give uh, Nate a good western, you ever heard of Deadwood?" I was like, "Yeah, I've heard of Deadwood." So yeah, Deadwood is where we start. Per some guy in my
2: DMs. Okay. Okay. Go do Deadwood. The dialogue's a little hard to follow. I have to. I have to um, figure out the name. But I was getting my hair done the other day, yeah. and in the shop there was a black western on with Idris Elba. It's like a newer, the harder they what, fall. It was. I it am, was awesome. That is movie was so
1: damn good. Yeah, I haven't it, seen it yet. But I, I so
2: I I'm, I I'm gonna have to watch it fully through. It was something where when I sat down, it was already halfway through, and the entire time I was glued. Yeah. to the TV. And the the half of the movie I seen, great movie. Westerns can be awesome. Keiths,
0: I thought Stanfield Morgan Freeman is. showing up in one in the '90s was was <laughs> incredible. It was awesome.
1: Keith Stanfield is a damn good actor. He, and Regina he, King,
2: oh Regina King's in that. Yeah, nice. she is fucking good. Fight scenes Excuse me. with the got the pistol work, everything. Okay, it, it's a it, it, it was good, and it's okay, funny. Good, I good, thought about good. I thought about you because I'm like, yo, Chris just told me westerns. that I should watch a western, you and I was really like, look like at
0: westerns. this. you would really like westerns. <laughs> Anyways,
2: I was a highway
3: man along the coach roads. I did ride. Sword and pistol
0: by my side. Highwaymen is a song by the Highwaymen, uh, which of course consists of uh, waylon Jennings, Willie Nelson, Johnny Cash, and Chris Christofferson. Four of the greats in music period, not just Outlaw Country. And uh it's a song Kyle and I like to listen to, it, and it is Big Kyle's birthday. Uh today. Right now, it's 38 p.m. as we sit here and record this pod. And it's Kyle's birthday, and Happy he's a birthday. Kansas City Chief, and they just got a win. And hopefully, he'll be back soon and healthy. And uh, Kyle was a cute kid, man. Fellow Sagittarius, he's a, he was a big, cute kid, and uh, and he really he really did melt my heart as a big brother, and he still does, even though he could throw me through a window. Uh he's still
2: a big cute kid to me. He tried to throw me through a wall at a Bears practice one. He really did literally (laughs) try to throw you through something, didn't he? Yeah, me me, the the indoor facility (laughs) You and five other people. (laughs) Me and Kyle got kicked out of a practice. An NFL professional practice. Me and your little big brother got kicked out. Yeah. And everyone, like the indoor facility has like windows. After we got kicked out, we had to walk from the indoor facility to the main building. It's like a walk of shame, and like, but we were walking next to each other, like just arguing and kind of laughing. And everyone <laughs> inside, the, everyone before, they, like they started practice up again. They were just looking. And they just probably like, look thought y'all guys. pulled a get
0: kicked out of practice on purpose move, which was the ultimate vet move that I I heard of happening before. I never saw it executed like to the degree that I heard stories about it, but. Evidently, there are a number of guys who have executed the fake fight at practice and
2: get kicked out. Now, well, we've had some fights where we were like, yeah, fuck it. Well, my well, my concern mm-hmm. was that if you get kicked out, you get fined. Right. And sometimes that does happen. Yeah. But your brother, no, because he's a great guy, Look at and he knew it was his fault, he immediately, while we were walking, he knew that's what I was mad about. And he was like, dude, if we get fined, like, I'll take care of it. He goes... I'm sorry. I had a bad day. I shouldn't have did that to you. But he, I love him. <laughs> love him to death.
0: Hey, Kyle, you're the man. Happy uh, birthday. I can't wait for you to get back and uh, and play football, foosball, for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, he went right to, to George Hallis, didn't he? Yeah, to straighten he it out. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Hallis Hall. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Hallis Hall. Oh, man. Happy birthday, buddy.
1: Earlier in our live stream, we live streamed to... We uh, fucking
0: live stream breed? Yeah, we did. We we fourth we, quarter. Yeah, read and, and react.
1: Fourth quarter 4 p.m.
0: Read and react. We will be here every Sunday coming at Macon's Job Security with Reed in the Chair right there and we'll be reading and reacting to what we see on the screen every and fourth it, quarter. And we had some great moments today. We saw Detroit win a football game. We'll get to that. I mean, that was it was incredible. Amazing. We had a high five. It was like it was great, Reed. we got to do more of that, and we will. Reed, Indeed. you We you had got a, people in the uh, chat room.
1: Yeah, we had a couple people in the chat room ask us questions. Hold to- on a second. Fucking guy moderates
0: the chat. Fucking guy sets up the TVs. Fucking guy's the talent next, next door. You know, he's sitting in the chair next to me. I told him I wanted to do a live stream on a whim at like 140 or 340 or whatever it was let's just say for the sake of argument, there were four TVs set up with all different games on them and Reed was sitting in the chair ready to co-host it and moderate the fucking chat room in 15 minutes.
1: Ready to go? You
0: yeah. know
2: what I don't like? I don't like how you guys cut out me thanking Reed and the producers because you did guys, that yeah, because you guys wanted to be first. When you, did we do that? Yeah, no,
1: that was in. That was was in? it? Was it in? Yeah, that was yeah, in. Maybe, don't maybe. Oh, yeah. okay. You're straight. Okay,
0: I want to make sure. Yeah, dude. So in a weird way, you're like coming at the producers, <laughs> trying
1: to thank the
2: producers <laughs> as only you could.
1: I will shout out Fax. He gave me a uh, compliment on Twitter for my intro the other day. How
2: about that? See that? So I appreciate yeah. that. He did a good job.
0: Fax is is all bought in, bro. Facts is bought in. It's midnight. We're going to bullshit about football for a while, but but you had a anyway, question from Garrett the chat T. room.
1: Garrett T. hit us up uh, in the chat. There were a number of questions that people wanted to ask. Have us answer later um, when we recorded this show. Garrett T. wanted us to answer our thoughts on an expanded college football playoff scenario.
0: Yeah, we're some promise-keeping dudes, aren't we, Reed? That's right. <laughs> you know? By the way, it was funny. Like coming into the weekend, that the committee was like, "We talked it over," and uh, turns out Notre Dame, Notre Dame's fine. Like we're not going to hold the coach thing. Barta, like last week, said, "Hey, um, we're going to hold Brian Kelly going to Baton Rouge against this team." They basically just got in a boardroom and watched the fucking Marcus Freeman video. If you don't know it, like if you don't know how I felt as a football player. Watching that video, that is what football is about. Okay, not everybody has to be like uh, Brian Kelly. Okay, like you can be like Brian Kelly. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get mad and be on my soapbox on Twitter because of the way Brian Kelly left. That's business. But you can also be like Marcus Freeman. And yes, he's younger. Yes, he knows the players well. But you can tell they gravitate towards him. You can tell that place is like really. It means a lot to these kids. Brian Kelly did the impossible. He made me like Notre Dame. If you'd have told me 12 years ago that when he signed with Notre Dame that he would make Notre Dame more likable as a franchise to me, as a school, a football franchise, I would have said no fucking way. But all he had to do was leave. All he had to do was leave. And when he left, oh man, I love the OC. I love Marcus Freeman. I love the strength coach because he used to. I mean, our Bayless. boy Bayless, he got us so jacked. <clears throat> Notre Dame might be my side team. I have a college side team. I mean, we got a uh, hire to make in Virginia, and, I, and I'm excited. Hoping I'm hoping it's we'll see.
2: Is it going to be you? Is is, is the is that's the pod in that's, jeopardy? That's
0: what that's what we're here to talk about. Is think the, about
2: the ratings for the pod. If last you, if you week I got gave my nod. list of
0: demands. This week a, a, there's a job opening uh no i'm a i'm a concerned virginia fan like every other one i'm like hold my breath but we got carla williams
1: i did see the uh cno railroad over at the uva football center this week they're putting in a railroad there. oh for me yeah at the facility they were putting in a choo-choo yep exactly oh right. man yeah they're prepared yeah you what missed it
0: it's a it's an inside thing okay. but anyways i had a list of demands and one of them was a train in the facility that gets the players to meetings, but like a locomotive.
2: Oh. Like one of those kind
0: of like kids locomotive sets, but for adults, like a legit one. The mall the mall train. Kind of the mall train. Yeah, adults
2: yeah. can get on there.
0: Yeah, but looking like a steam engine with a okay. caboose and everything. And Jerry Capone would ride around on the back. Like, you know, shout out Jerry Capone, like your football
2: operations guys making sure things are mean, I mean, you're, you're almost there. Like at the end of the day, that's just like the Jetsons yeah like, it is like the jetsons it's a conveyor boat also i'll give you this one
0: chick-fil-a in the facility and a cvs in the facility you know how many things a day you would buy if you were on my staff if, in the facility <laughs> like you would be at cvs all the time we'd be in meetings like where's nate he's just in cvs shopping no and I, here's I, the I, kicker. I, can i give you the kicker what's that? chick-fil-a is open on sundays no more of this bullshit not you, in my building okay buddy Unless, unless God can guarantee me 10 wins this season, we're not taking Sunday off from Chick-fil-A. We'll see how that goes, the, the hire that's coming up, and uh, I'm sure Carla's going to head out of the park because she's awesome. Uh, okay. Wow, Back wow. to
1: Garrett T's. He was talking football. about expanding the playoffs, right.
0: this guy. He was wondering if we should expand the playoffs. He said Ohio State and Notre Dame, they get in, it's like printing money for the NCAA. Yeah, I mean, like that would be highly profitable, but I don't think every year it's going to be Ohio State and Notre Dame, like hallmark programs like that on the outside looking in. But I do think they should expand this thing. Why not? It's more football. Players have freedom to do what they want to do now. Players are sitting out of bowl games. Nobody's going to feel held hostage at this point. I don't mind another round to this thing. Like, Here's the thing. This weekend... The kicker is Bama, man, and Bama ruining college football again. <laughs> like, there was a shot of them up like two scores early in the game, and all their great wide receivers were sitting on the bench talking to each ba- other. Bama's the college Patriots, yeah. yeah and there was like, a moment where it just hit me that I'm like, they're the Patriots. The
2: like, like what are you guys th- like? What are you guys thinking? What is everyone thinking? Like, I, I, it's it's one of those. They're one of those teams that it's more of the hope. Everyone's just like hoping and wishing yeah. that like like this is gonna be the year that like it's it's gonna happen. And guess happen. what?
0: And guess what? It's not the year. And as it's they were not. panning out of like a, a, a shot of Mechie, I was like, God damn it, dude! And like, they're gonna
2: beat the brakes off Cincinnati,
0: dude. I know it's gonna be ugly. <laughs> like, it's gonna be ugly. <laughs> Nick Saban's gonna be doing pull ups. Okay. <laughs> well no, he, no, he, he said he said
2: he ate the rat poison. Yeah. And it tasted good. And it he's tasted su- good. It tasted dude. yummy. Yummy. So that, yummy. That's the, yeah, is, that the key word. Grosser. Yummy.
0: Nick Saban is ruining college football by being too good. And here's the deal. All like I was talking to Big Cat about this, and we were talking about like he's all he's been saying for two months is that they're not good. And he was playing possum. They are good. And here's what's fucked up: We can't even get Georgia and Bama to play the first round. We're probably gonna get a Georgia and Bama rematch in the national championship. And I don't know about you, but I don't trust Georgia anymore. Nope. <laughs> okay. Nope. I just don't like they. By the laws of of gravity and nature, they'll probably beat them the second time. But I won't put money on them. I, I like.
2: Listen, not if that quarterback mm-mm. play, if he plays like like he did, they're going to win going again. you can be as again.
0: physical as you want, you can be as good up front as you want, but if, if you've got guys like Bama that you can get them the ball in the flat to go 40 yards, or you can take the top off the defense for 40 yards, like, that's scary. I don't want to see that again in the national championship. And they play tough, but Alabama just showed us that they're Alabama. Aiden Hutchinson is trying to. He's trying to. He's trying to go number one or something. I'm not saying I would necessarily like maybe somewhere in the top five for sure, but like my man's trying to go number one. I mean he he was dogging people out there and, and Michigan. Aiden Hutchinson was great, and Michigan kicked the dog shit out of Iowa. I, su- I should have saw it coming. Iowa's terrible. Listen, the most heartbreaking, ridiculous play of the weekend is Oklahoma State. Damn near getting back in it. I mean, that was a physical, intense football game. That was like a very, like Texas and Oklahoma people, a lot of people care about this game. A lot's riding on the line. Atmosphere, football game in Jerry's world. And homeboy is running to the pylon, and I'm thinking he's got the edge, right? But this dude for Baylor has like a movie tackle. I mean, he didn't think even for a millisecond about the Oklahoma State cat cutting it back. And to run full speed like that directly at the sideline is a petrifying feeling. <laughs> and he just he needed all twenty one miles per hour or however the fuck fast this guy can get
2: up to to meet him and make the stop. And he made it. Incredible. Incredible. Game of inches. Also, the fake slide. Yeah, was some bullshit. Who, wait, is by Pickett? Pickett? Kenny Pickett, who, by the way, the Steelers should draft. I'm totally
0: jumping out of the gym for that. I don't even know if and, it makes sense.
2: And he single-handedly ruined my future bet of Wake Forest winning the ACC. Yeah, but more more so he just set a, a really dangerous
0: precedent. No, very dangerous. I mean, uh, your bet's important to me, but for, for defenders everywhere...
2: This is the thing that we're all watching and we're saying, okay. When this happened, I explained to my girlfriend, we're watching this game, and I told Suck her. up. <laughs> no, listen. She was like, why is that a bad play? And I said, well, here's the trickle down from this play. The fact that he did that fake spike, anytime that quarterback or quarterbacks are about to slide, they are more, they are more susceptible of defenders taking their head off. Yeah, just just decapitating them. Because <clears throat> now as a defender, I can <clears throat> say i seen footage of a quarterback fake a slide and the refs allowed it yes. and scored mm-hmm. a, a 60-yard touchdown off of it.
0: No, it's, it's a bad precedent. They need to fix that. They, they need to huddle up on that. I don't think anybody ever thought of that. And Kenny Pickett, like, turns out he has swag. <laughs> At the end of the play, I'm like, oh, my God, dude, this guy is going to go number one overall. And then they hear. And then guys are going to try to kill
2: him for doing that. And, um, and then they hear the, the the correspondent, they call the, the the referee correspondent, and you're watching the game, and they clearly say that the, the play should have been called dead as soon as he had did that. It just makes didn't it even worse. I know
0: there was a rule for that, so it's good. We have safeguards. But ACC refs, man. Oh, and not to mention, I mean, I, we talked about the Bama game before we got to the pros. Oh, yeah. Bryce Young. He's a gamer. Oh my god, dude. I think he won the Heisman when he threw the ball over the ref's head and the ref had to duck and like he matrixed that throw in there.
2: But I, I'm more impressed on his scrambling skills and yeah. him and him running because he doesn't look like he's moving fast. Oh he's moving he's, fast he, yeah. he is covering a lot, a lot of ground, and he's very poised. Like I, I think in college you see a lot of guys just not seem like they're poised, and you hear about playing for a coach like Nick Saban, I just think all around he's he's going to be a great player at the next level.
0: I don't know what it is. I don't know what Nick Saban's doing to find these kids, but they're actually all like mentally on top of the game.
1: On Saturday, Alabama became the first university to beat a top-five team in college football and college basketball after taking down Georgia in the SEC championship game, and then the men's basketball team beat Gonzaga Number three, Gonzaga. Gonzaga lost, huh? Lost to an
3: SEC team. That's right.
0: Shows you how much fucking college basketball I was watching this weekend, but didn't have that on my bingo card. By the way, an update on the Waffle House. I'm probably going. Nate, you know we do Thursday night time machine. Yep. You know the loser has to go to the Waffle House. Yep. We spent time there, so of course you know. But I was down bad, like already. Like it was late, early for me. And Thursday... I thought I was eliminated. Like I found out pretty much that I was out of it. Reed, what, the, the tally was what?
1: Eight, two, and four.
0: So I'm doing the math. We're all doing the math in real time and realize that I'm going back and it's week 13 or whatever it is. Oh, it yeah. just feels early to know that you're going to the Waffle House for 24 hours. And Macon goes, oh, no, no, no. Don't forget. Like almost taunting me. I don't, like I don't know why he reminded me this, but he, if you hit the score in the nose of the Thursday night game, you get three points.
2: Oh. And I'll be damned
0: if I didn't hit the score on the nose. Twenty-seven seventeen. Dallas twenty-seven seventeen. Wow. Now this is the first week that I remembered that we had this rule. So I wanna, I want petition that because every time I've tried to hit the score on the nose, I hit the score on the nose. Really. Yeah, that last yeah. week's the first week I knew that it it, it was worth anything more uh, than one point. I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, so from here on out, I'm only hitting the score in the nose, and Macon's going back. But twenty seven seventeen. Shout out to me. So now you're down only a game. Uh, it's eight five and oh. four is the count. So I got to win out, right? That's the math. Wait, eight five. Wait, eight five. Eight five and four. Four draws where we we're both on the wrong side. Mm. Yeah. So Reed, how many more Thursday night games? Three. Three. So I got three more chances. I'm down three. three. I got to win out, and I got a chance to send Macon to the Waffle House, which is what everybody wants. So if anybody has any inf- inside information about these NFL games on Thursday nights, just tell me. I would camp outside the Waffle House and just tap on the glass <laughs> if Macon was in there. And by the way, this year, Cowboy, your project, because I know Macon doesn't listen to the pod. We can talk about all this out in the open here. We need to find the most dope, like, awesome Waffle House in the country and do a thing. Like, throw a party. Maybe there's one that's like indoor-outdoor. That or would be nice. The most
1: awesome Waffle House is not a problem.
0: Let's find one. I don't care if it's in South Beach, whatever. And by the way, <laughs> there's a rumor, shout out to our uh, Dan Levitard contingency, that there's a billionaire donor down there broke today and he's he's got the wild idea that he's going to or he should, fund a uh, a stadium in Coral Gables, a 50,000-seat stadium in Coral Gables, as if Miami needs anything when it comes to facilities. They're set there, sir. No need to fund that stadium. Save your hard-earned money. I was told by a bunch of people this this week, and some of them were yelling, and more so it was Barrett Jones was getting yelled at, (laughs) which I felt bad about because I love Barrett, bro. I was told the facilities are set. They're good with the, the stadium in Miami Gardens and, and 60, 60 miles away, Coral Gables practice facility. And this guy would be a jabroni if he funded this stadium because things are perfect at Miami when it comes to facilities. So with the Cowboys winning, they create a little distance, much needed, with two surging, if you call it that, surging NFC East teams. Well, one of them's on a legitimate win streak and they're one of the NFC's elite, and we're looking at the NFC here, there are two teams, three teams really, that I think are at the top that everybody's gonna be eyeing down the stretch. Tampa, Arizona, Green Bay, in any order you put them, and then I'd probably put the Cowboys right outside those guys. Tampa's got a pretty easy schedule down the stretch. So Arizona needed to start winning football games, and they're at this funny kind of crossroads where, you know, last year, Everybody knows by now Kyler got hurt. You know, he didn't miss any time, but he was—he had an upper body injury, and it changed the way they operated as an offense. They had trouble moving the ball. They had trouble, he had trouble tucking it and running it, and they had trouble feeling confident in him doing that, and down the stretch, they kind of tanked a little bit. And if you'll remember, they were pretty hot early in the year. This year, same kind of trajectory for Kyler, although it's a lower body injury. Today, he came back. And so today was a big deal for a few reasons. Number one, you get him back, you get D-hop back, but you also get to see what he looks like, and you get to see how confident they are in where he is physically. This is Cliff Kingsbury's best work, right? Part of that is managing whatever the injury was uh, to Kyler Murray and not bringing him back too soon. And today, I got to say, it was a good sign. I mean, like, the what I saw, it was a good sign. I mean, first off, you wake up today, the forecast is cold, it's rainy. If you're coming off an ankle injury and you want to be right, and it's been a couple months since you were at full speed, like, that's not what you want
2: to see and, when you look outside. And what? on top of it, Soldier Field. Trust the me. The turf's not great. Listen to a guy who tore his ACL on that, on that side. Sticky. Sticky 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 side um it is not a place that you probably feel confident in your footing all that stuff you have to worry about what kind of cleats you're gonna wear all the different yeah I remember
0: yeah I remember Greg Olson and I like when he was in Chicago and you know like we locked up at uh I think it was actually one of their big blocking tight ends but Greg could block too but we, we we locked up at the line of scrimmage and I just slid back two yards. Like My cleats never left in the... the I was yep. like, what is going on? It's 2012 <laughs> or whatever it is. But yeah, it's not the surface you want to come back in. It's not the the weather, but it was important that he came back and you get these reps and that you show you're confident. I mean, it's the runs, not his arm. He didn't have to throw a bunch. People were like, yeah, well, they took it easy. 15 throws, whatever. The weather dictated that. Maybe the game plan. What What was important was seeing the confidence in his legs. And, you know, like last year, I think it took him a month to get up to 10 carries coming off that injury. Today he had 10 carries. Third and eight backed up before the half, breaks contain has to dead leg 58. I mean, I think it was Roquan Smith who can really run. Dead legs him, goes straight to the sideline, 20 yards, right? Not a gain of 20, but he covers 20 yards. He doesn't pick up the first down, but it's a little thing that you're like, okay, he's confident in this thing you know, and 21, seven the third, it's third and 18. He dies four yards short of the, uh, the sticks. So he shows the confidence. He shows like, Hey, I'm going to be smart about it. I'm going to give myself up short of the sticks. I know the game situation. I know they don't need this. And then the backbreaker late in the game, he's still in there. It's thirty thirty-three fourteen 33, 14 after he runs this ball in, but he does it with his legs. So, Obviously, they're pretty confident in him. And the game plan was, jump these guys. (laughs) Well, I don't know if that was a game plan, but it worked out that way. The picks, four picks for Andy Dalton, right off the bat throws a pick. Uh, Arizona's rolling. Byron Murphy's coming downhill, hitting people, and off Kmet's hands, right into Buda Baker's hands. And this is the funniest part of the game to me. Buda Baker, as he's getting ready to get tackled by Andy Dalton, Everybody is thinking, remember the last time he had a long pick on the left sideline that he had a chance to score on? DK Metcalf runs him down. Yep. And that was all about DK being an alien, not Buddha being slow. You better believe he wanted to get in the end zone. And by the way, he's never scored a touchdown. And as he's running, about to get tackled by Andy Dalton, the guy calling the game's like, one of the fastest guys in the NFL. I'm like, no, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's be realistic here. Everybody's thinking about the fact that he got hawked last year. But after they blow that game open, they have a James Conner option. They get pressure with everybody. You know, you lose Watt for the season. Chandler Jones is having a really good year. Uh, but it's not like he's a one-man show. You get pressure from everybody. Like, seven guys had two pressures. So, four picks, one of which late. Like, I'm talking about these guys getting pressure. One, one pick late that damn near sealed the game. Uh, Zach Allen, one-handed screen pick. The, you know, the the guy in uh, in Atlanta got all the attention because he picked off Tom Brady uh, and scored a touchdown. This was a big play in this game, and the fourth one, the fourth pick, uh, turned him into twenty-three points. So, really bad day for uh, for Chicago. You know, more of the same for them, and for the bag person, the person in the poncho <laughs> up in the four hundred level. That looks like they're like fucking a hurricane correspondent and they can't find the hole. They can't find the holes in their poncho. That wind, man. The windy city. That's a metaphor for the kind of the the washing machine that this <laughs> franchise has been in. Like just trying to get some stability here. It's just been hard. And I think uh, everybody knows they're staring a reset in the face. So. You-
2: do we worry about the Cardinals if they have a home game in the playoffs since they're so good on the road? They're 7-0 and this year on the road. You know
0: what? That's funny, though, because, I mean, they've done a good job. You talk about on the road, like they've won on the road. They've won in a lot of different ways. They they won with a backup quarterback. They beat the Niners with McCoy. They beat the Seahawks with McCoy. They've blown teams out. They, bl- they blew the Titans out. They blew the Rams out. They blew the Browns out. They've come back. They were down two scores against the Vikings of one. I was looking at this earlier. They've won in big spots like Green Bay, and they've won outside in the rain. Like This team has really won in a lot of different ways, and Cliff Kingsbury deserves a lot of credit because
2: he's been the common denominator there. The team seems very battle-tested, and when it comes down to the end of the season and some of the things you worry about, I feel like the Cardinals have been through it already, and... One of your biggest fears is your starting quarterback going down, but knowing that you have quality wins with your backup, it's something that it's a little less of a feeling, like, of a a scared or tentative feeling about play calling, about what you're doing, because you know, hey, worst case scenario, like, if we have to put Colt back in, we have a plan for that.
0: It's just buy-in, dude. You know, like, it's competency, of course, but it's also buy-in. When we won with Nick in 17, you know, Nick is a great player, but he also trusted and we trusted there were great players around him. This is a great football team, mm-hmm. right? Like, and I'm not saying that in the context of other football teams in different years, but I mean, this year, they're, they're like towards the top of the league if they're, if they're not the best team in the league. So this is going to be a thing where, hey, if Kyler gets dinged again, you've, you've seen that you've, you've won with Colt and you have the players to win with him. You might be able to survive in the playoffs for a game Without a Kyler, but you don't want to be there. Two guys I want to mention from Chicago. I'll give out the uh, St. Louis Memorial Award to uh, to David Montgomery. This dude balled out today, and he was the only guy that you could go to on that offense and like being productive, being dependable in any weather. Like quite literally, that was him today, and uh, he's up in a year. So I don't know what they're thinking. Pay him? Don't pay him? I know Barnwell had that article. Where he was talking about a bunch of guys that, that are the highest-paid running backs this year. I wouldn't pay him if I'm looking at that list, but maybe it's important for the next coach to have that guy um, that he can kind of hitch his wagon to a little bit. David Montgomery has been a real bright spot for this team. And Robert Quinn is top five in the league in sacks. Top How about five, that? Top
2: five, top five. How about that? Top five. How
0: about that? Where's that girl now? You're very online. <laughs> hey... <laughs> Tampa Bay took care of business today. They're, you know, the other active team um, in the NFC that's probably in top three for me. Fake vaccination card um, affecting the uh, the outcome of this football game? Not so much. I mean, it probably affected the way Antonio Brownless um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers came in today, but they've been without him for six games this year. So, Brady without AB, A- no big deal. 17 out of 19 first plays, they throw the ball, which is really disrespectful to the Falcons. I mean to the front to the to the to the coverage uh before the half at one point and by the way Tom Brady has never lost to the Falcons before the half at one point Tom's interception or touchdown and interception ratio was like 27 to 3
1: 27 3 before
0: the screen that was picked right. off so we had a real chance at 28 3 career
1: maybe career. not
0: career yeah yeah. career
1: yeah. touchdown interception ratio against the which Falcons.
0: is incredible that whole thing is getting out of hand there was an eclipse earlier this year and I found out about it right after we podcasted before Thursday night game it was Patriots Falcons y'all remember this do you remember there was an, an eclipse that night and the eclipse lasted three hours 28 minutes at this point like you can't convince me God likes the Falcons. You know, I know that everybody thinks God has favorite football teams because we asked God, can we please win this game? Like, God's going to choose you. Well, God's not choosing the Falcons, dude. I don't know what it is about the Falcons, but the eclipse going three hours and 28 minutes was was overkill. I mean, that was twisting the knife. And then today, I'm like, damn, are they really going to have this this other... Thing that CBS Sports and NFL on Fox are all going to tweet unanimously. It's a, it's a fun number. Here's a fun number. Two and a half seconds or more. 16 to 22, 251, three touchdowns. Falcons only hit him four times. Godwin caught 15 balls, dude. Mm. And that's the importance of Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin is a guy that Tom really trusts. You know how like Tom trusts Gronk? It's like a different kind of trust. Like he's a security blanket for him. If Tom had to throw the ball to one of those receivers with the game on the line, he's going to Godwin 15 times today. By the way, speaking of Gronk, 90 touchdowns between Gronk and Brady, second all time behind Peyton and Marvin. They have 121. They won't catch him. Gronk coming on well, fuck, never say never. I thought Gronk was touchdowns. done like a while ago. Ooh. Gronk coming on late. Um, you know, like this year. I feel like he didn't look as healthy early in the year. He was dealing with some injuries. He looks really good right now. And, you know, Gronk was a known commodity this year, but he's coming on late for them. And last year they had, like, late comers in the fall. Fournette kind of came on late in the fall. This team will improve. The D-line's improving. They're getting more pressure. You worry about the run game. I mean, Cordero Patterson ran through, like, four tackles on a long run early in the game. But... That's Cordero Patterson, okay? so, But two sacks for both interior guys today. Vita Vea and Dominick Sue. Sue had two on third down. They were like ranked last in the league or bottom five in the league um, in third down sacks, which is a bad predictor for success on defense. Like, I said this on Mina Kimes' podcast two weeks ago, and I feel good about it now. I said they're going to come on up front, like, because Mina was talking about they haven't been, you know, like, where is the pass rush in some of these situations? There are slumps. Sacks come in bunches, and I think this is a get-well game for them, as was last week. They won't look back. They'll be better up front. And the D-tackles are picking up the slack. Only guy I feel bad for here is Matt Ryan. Okay. I feel bad for Matt Ryan. He looked good moving in the pocket today. We'll see what happens next year.
2: You know what I feel bad for? I feel bad for whoever bet the spread because yeah that was fucked up at the end of the game Russell Gage dropped a touchdown which would have covered the 10.5 spread I know ridiculous crazy ridiculous
0: I mean those are those are the things you you slam a door about
2: (laughs) because it especially when you kind of feel like yeah we're not gonna beat them I would but the door (laughs) but we're not gonna we're we're, we can cover this spread. Yep. I, I can be a fan and bet and feel feel decent yeah, about this. Yeah, if you were this. a Falcons
0: fan and you were like, oh, we're going to cover, that," was, <laughs> you've had a bad Sunday. And I apologize. We'll stop talking about your team. Rams, back on track? Question mark? That's what I have in my notes. You should, too. No. I, I mean, they're back on track. They beat up on the Jags. I'm an idiot. I bet the Jags, Taylor... Not blaming Taylor, but Taylor looked confident, and I, I was confident. I gave him out on Friday. I don't know how I did this weekend. It's been a blur. Stafford, eleven to sixteen against the Blitz. He's like a movie character. Crash uh, Davis is that his name? No, it's not Crash Davis. It's Jake Taylor. Jake Taylor's the Crash Davis is Bull Durham. Crash Davis is the uh, is 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 the the OG on the team, and the guy's hitting the mascot, and also he's hitting the correct. Uh, uh, You know, he's also hitting the older lady too, right? You've seen Bull Durham? Check that out after you see the Westerns. (laughs) Major League, that's uh, Jake Taylor. Matt Stafford reminds me of Jake Taylor. He's like the grizzle veteran, hasn't won before. He's out there in slow motion just getting blown up. Like when I think about Jake Taylor in that movie, I'm thinking about him like legging out that last hit and he just, it hurts to run and everything's falling apart. Like that's Matt Stafford right now but you can't help but, but respect him. I know that he hasn't been great lately. He was better today. I mean, he he got torpedoed today in the chest as he blew up his throwing hand on somebody's helmet. They took him to the blue tent, and they were like, is he bleeding out of his ears? All right, let's just send him back out there. He's like literally got Buddy Lee stuff going. You know, love the football or not, you love the guy. You can see why Sean McVeigh seems to really have fallen for him, and things have leveled out now. And why Cooper Cup is
2: Cooper. hanging out with him so much. And you know hey, he was filling up the stat sheet they're today. They're back on. They're back on. He had eight catches for yeah. 129 and a touchdown. But also, Cooper Cup is the first player in NFL history with at least 100 catches and 10 receiving touchdowns in the team's first 12 games. Definitely the first white guy to do that. Oh, one thousand (laughs) percent. Throw that in the stats, also for sure.
0: Um, Hey, Sony Michelle, good day. Van Jefferson, good day. Two guys they're going to need down the stretch. They need the running game addressed, and they need the Robert Woods void addressed. And um, Odell giveth, Odell taketh away because Odell had a uh, a touchdown, but not um, Odell, not without. Chicken winging a touchdown Odell early in the game.
2: alligator arm, Beckham.
0: <laughs> yeah. Alligator arm in a big way in the same spot he caught that spectacular catch five, six years ago. Man, he was scared of that hit. <laughs> hey, listen, man. Just calling it how I see it, sometimes we, we get caught looking bad. But he he made up for it later. He had a touchdown later. You know, I he didn't want to be in the hospital next to Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford is... He's got broken glass under his feet. He was hit with a baseball bat. He fell down a three-story flight of stairs. Like, all that stuff. This is per (laughs) Diana Rossini. (laughs) Like, I love this new game. You know, letting us know people are hurt. We, fuck. Tick picks should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. Visit TickPick.com, that's T-I-C-K, P-I-C-K. Got rid of all the service fees that the other sites charge. TickPick guarantees the best prices on all of their NFL games. If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. If you're like me and you can't wait to get back into an NFL stadium, visit TickPick.com. NFC East, man, I love this division. Second favorite, for, probably my favorite division, second favorite division being the AFC North. But the NFC East, man, you've, you got two big wins in that division today. The Eagles, they were on today. The Eagles were on. The Eagles were on, dude. And Garner Minshew with that mustache it's there for the taking. I'm not saying the job's there for taking, but people's adoration of you in Philadelphia They haven't scored like that in in almost a decade, I feel like, in Philly. I I don't even know. Not almost a decade. I'm I'm exaggerating. But they scored on their first five or six drives. It wasn't since 1978 that the two teams scored three touchdowns consecutively on their first three drives, respectively. That's a fucking mouthful. Okay? But they did all that today. And... Gardner Minshew's got to be happy. His stock's up but look, as a guy after this season, he could join that crowded quarterback carousel. He may, he's playing for 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 paper.
2: I mean, I'm glad he did win because he didn't want to be the only quarterback to lose for the Eagles against the Jets. The yeah, Eagles that yeah, there was are 12 a big streak and, there. They're 12 and 0 versus the Jets all time. So
0: Incredible, those teams live right down the road from each other, and in the history of football, a very old game, there hasn't been a Jets win over the Eagles, and I love that streak. This is gonna be low-key one of my favorite records if they keep keep holding it, and Gardner Minshew, is etched into the books of history. He's it's, a part of it. It's so, so
2: great for him. He's bouncing around places and just getting these key wins and bro, leaving, the, leaving, leaving his mark in different cities. What, what, what? Awesome! I would like for him, for him to him. find a home. I,
0: I often wondered if he, if he could be the guy somewhere. I don't know. Um, it's just the Jets, but damn it, if they didn't look good distributing that football and just playing within the offense today. And, uh, and checking down when he needed to do that, hitting Dallas Goddard, who made Howie Roseman look really good today uh, for a bunch of yards. The first touchdown pass was, was a great, great throw by Minshew. Great job buying time all day. He moves really well in the pocket. Uh, and the second one was a great pick concept. Uh, they get away with that one. And they're in the end zone a bunch. So good day for the Eagles. Gives them a little positivity. and gives, It also lets you know that Jalen's not doing well this week. If Jalen's not healthy, you start Minshew, but Sirianni kind of said after the game, and I don't know if he meant this week, but Jalen Hurts is the starter, which from that I would glean he's healthy as well.
3: Well, if you want to <coughs> have uh, Minshew find a permanent home, there's a stat line here. Um, you got uh, Baker Mayfield through 24 games, Gardner Ooh. Minshew through 24 games. You don't you even these, have to I'm read, I'm read, read it. I know, I know I mean, which one's better. 37 touchdowns, 5500 yards, 11 interceptions.
0: I know I've seen Baker throw 11 picks this 6,100 year. 6100
3: yards, 26 interceptions. Yeah, which fir- player's which?
0: I'm taking Gardner Minshew, the first guy. Yeah. I mean just because it's something new, if 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 the I don't want to be overreactive to the Jets' win that Minshew put together. And by the way, great job by the 50-50 plan today because the other 50 would be Jalen Hurts, but they, they executed that game well in uh, Miles Sanders who hasn't scored a touchdown uh, all year. He's got like 600 yards rushing. Mm. He's like he's had a lot of bad luck. But um, Minshew, man, you, gotta, you just got to be happy for him. He's a guy, it kind of, it was tough for me last year to watch Nick Foles lose his job. Well, not last year. Was that last year? no two years ago Mm -hmm. it was tough for me two years ago to watch Nick lose his job I remember it was my first game actually out of uh, the league it was first weekend out of the league watching football I was at some casino in Atlantic City and I was doing an appearance and I was prepping for my first Sunday pod and uh, I watched Nick Foles and I'm thinking he's really going to take the Jags to the next level he got tattooed like the first play uh, throwing a touchdown a beautiful ball to the right sideline by the pylon and he goes out with a broken collarbone and I really wanted him to have a great year. So I was so biased, but you could definitely see why people get excited about Gardner Minshew. He just kind of has that it factor and he kind of staved off Nick the rest of the season. It was tough to see that, but golly, you see that video of him after the the game. That's a contact sport. I was saying, uh, you know, celebrate when Gardner Minshew, he definitely looked like he just got into flight school. It right. was also like a, clear thing at the hospital when he just I couldn't tell if he was going to beat his dad up or if he was going to give him a hug and eventually it turned into a hug so I was really I was really appreciative of that but good day overall for birds fans you can you can figure that quarterback thing out later I don't even want to have that conversation but um, do you think Minshew is still constipated no he took he took a big deuce today because as we all know Garner Minshew does not go number two
1: uh, if he's number two. Well, I will tell you this, man. In preparation for the competition, I haven't I haven't taken a
3: shit in weeks. It's not an option for me. Number two is not an option. I'll tell you that. Does that make sense? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing
0: about that made sense over the summer. Um, Washington football team climbing back in at Heineke. This
2: is the only thing I really want to say about the game. Here's the bonus for him. Heineke has a clause in his contract where he gets 125. K, if he plays sixty percent of snaps and he gets a win, and he's won the last four games, so he's he's gonna have a about great, a half a
0: mil, a great
2: Christmas with an extra half a mil. Yeah, quite the windfall.
0: Ooh, I mean that's why he was so excited. I knew he was he's a competitor and all that stuff. But last week in Seattle, it was like he won the Super Bowl. And this week also, like really hyped, and like I'm hyped too. But it does hit different when you hit a, a bonus, man. And when you hit a bonus, and when you hit four bonuses in a row, and your team wins, and it means the same thing. It's like,
2: fuck, who, uh, we're going. I, I, opus 1 on me. I just hit a parlay for 155 dollars, and I'm juiced. Yeah, well, but you imagine a hundred, a hundred and twenty-five Ta- k. Yeah. Man. Come on now. <laughs> right? Come on
0: now. Every time you win a football game and you only had to score like seventeen and nineteen points to do it two weeks in a row. I mean, they're doing a good job there. Scott Turner, who I question, you know, his hiring, quite frankly, on this show, he's fucking doing a good job with the guys he's got. Logan Thomas, who's uh who's a tight end, obviously lost for the year. I, I want to talk about that in a second. But uh He was a quarterback coming out. McLaurin, third rounder, Antonio Gibson, um, community college wide receiver, Heineke, XFL guy. Uh, I read that today. It's like when you really think about it, they've done a good job of identifying talent, taking chances, and making them fit in this offense with a bunch of different quarterbacks, which is tough. And Ultimately, everything they're doing is a reflection on Ron Rivera and his leadership. And, uh, I do, I, I feel bad for Fitzy Fitzgerald because he thought, we thought this was the year he was going to take a team to the playoffs. This team might go to the playoffs without him. And he got hurt the first game reminds me a little bit of the Nick Foles thing. I thought he was set up to succeed in Jacksonville and same thing with Fitzy. Logan Thomas had a great touchdown catch. You know, like I, I hate when people say you're sitting in a hospital bed in a cast. Uh, I'm a Virginia fan, but good luck on the comeback. You should just care anyways. I was bummed out to see it, but as a guy who's, who's on the other side of a rivalry and they just kicked our ass uh, in all seriousness, I hope he comes back soon. His story... Tough play. Tough play and a tough play for people to understand. His story is really cool getting to where he is because he's a really good tight end in this league and he's carved out a really nice name for himself and he was a quarterback coming out and that's a really rare thing to be able to go from quarterback to a position and he's Ax- done it like... Axed uh, Tebow. At a high level, yeah, that's Tebow. He's the real Tim Tebow. <laughs> yeah, for that's sure. That's the real Tim Tebow. But this dude got his ACL took out today, and I, I hate to put it that way. I'm just that was the action like Yannick Ngakwe goes to cut him, and we call that a crunch play. Anytime the the tight end comes back across the formation to block the defensive end, that's like a crunch play. It's a big collision. Usually the advantage is to the tight end. He can see who he, who his target is. The defensive end, you have to be like adept and know who's coming to block you and go meet that and read your key. A lot of times you're caught in awkward positions and a lot of times tight ends if the, if you're facing them will cut you straight up, which is part of the game. Yep. We know it's part of the game. So what we would do sometimes to combat that is we would try to cut tight ends to dissuade them from coming across and give them a little trepidation that we feel. It's a face-up cut. It's face-to-face. You know I'm coming, and I'm trying to cut your legs out. I'm going to build a pile, and I'm also going to make you think twice about coming next time and definitely not cutting me because I'll be on the same plane and we'll both be knocked out. And I can remember we used to do this against the Seahawks and Luke Wilson was like, what the fuck are y'all doing? Cause it's perfectly legal, but they don't take it into account. And I'm like, yeah, it's not, it's not real cool when we do it. William Hayes used to really piss people off doing this. I mean, people were like, not that motherfucker again, but it's a perfectly legal play. It is not a dirty play. It is an answer in my opinion to what tight ends do to us. And that's not like a vindictive answer. There is a tactical point to like cutting a blocker, if you can get to him early enough and it's tight enough to the line of scrimmage.
2: Hey, it's a physical game, and there's certain plays in this game that we hate to see, but... It's part of it. It's part of it, and it's going to happen. It's going to keep happening, and it's unfortunate, and all we can do is hope that um, he can come back and that wasn't his last play. It can't be dirty if, if, if in the same moment
0: you can cut me. Yeah, I like no, it just yeah. can't it, it just can't be dirty. I hope he's back. I mean, he's a, he's a fucking hell of a player. Dallas schedule, Washington, New York, Washington, Cardinals, Eagles. I think Dallas has this division, but this Washington and Eagles race is Kingston, I mean, what are, what are we looking at here? We got to use our ex- exclusive rights to
3: 538. Yeah, the NFC is kind of muddy. You got Basically, the five teams you mentioned up Matt top. Matt <laughs> I didn't get that joke for like a whole week, by the really? way. Really? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Cardinals, Packers, Bucks, Cowboys, and Rams all have four losses or less. And then you have Washington, San Francisco, and the Eagles all sitting there with six wins, vying mm. for two spots.
0: Mm-mm-mm. It's a log jam. It's a good old-fashioned NFC's log jam. And I feel like the NFC has been the the division for quite some time where, like, it's muddy around seven, eight, nine wins. And uh, it's no different this year. There's going to be a lot of mud. And shout-out to my producer at Amazon with NFL Films, Jason Hartilius, who is a Giants fan, and he had a tweet today. In two games since the Giants fired Garrett against teams under 500, one touchdown by an offensive lineman, an average of two hundred and fifty seven yards of total offense. And a coach says they're moving in the right direction, years away from being remotely competitive, blow it all up. That's one take. That's what Giants fans feel like right now. And I it's I feel like the temperature's as high there as it is almost anywhere. Saquon Barkley's not working out. Daniel Jones is hurt right now, but you haven't although he's played better, the team hasn't gotten better. And quite frankly, it's just an uninspiring outfit. Like they go out, it's fourth and two, it's fourth and three, it's fourth and four, it's all within four yards of midfield and they don't go for it. And you know, you kind of preach uh, an attitude of, of being aggressive and I think Joe Judge is a really good dude and I think he's probably a good head coach, but it's just, you gotta be more aggressive than that, in my opinion, and the heat is up there. Newsflash to me, Mike Glennon is six eight. somebody said today. Mike Glennon is 6'8". I played against him. Yeah, UN, so did
2: UN, I. UNC, right?
0: He State. went to NC State. NC yep. State. And his yes. brother, obviously, is Sean and went to Tech. Okay. He's, yeah. a, he's a GDH, okay. goddamn hokey. Yeah. Yeah, that's all I'm gonna say about the Giants. And by the way, Tua, another win for the, for the Dolphins. In the AFC, we'll get to that in a second, there's like no difference between all the teams. I mean, there's a world of difference, but on the win-loss to- total, it's not much different. If you're in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Tennessee, or Virginia, and you haven't yet tried the WinBet app, I've got great news for you. WinBet is now offering a 200% wager match for new users up to $1,500. That's just an incredible offer. WinBet is basically giving you double your first wager in free bets. Don't pass it up. Download the WinBet app today. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where WinBet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too. 1-800-889-9789. Two dark horses lost today in the NFC. Niners lost. I should have known. Niners, Russ has owned them in Seattle. Like, that was a trend that kind of got away from me. Russ looked like Russ. Seattle looked like Seattle at times. They got good breaks. There was a you know, like a lob to lock it. They forced turnovers. There was a fake punt. Like, it felt very Seattle. Even at one point, it was like second and 30. Then it was like third and 20-something. And then they damn near got a fucking roughing call or a personal foul that would have been typical of Seattle. But they found a way to win, like, kind of a crazy game. They found a way to turn the ball over twice in the low red. Gerald Everett. First one, he basically was playing hacky sack with the football. I don't know if kids still do that. Remember that? Hacky sack? Yeah. Stoners. Yeah. I think it was like a little stoner kick. That was pretty decent. Yeah, I couldn't really do it. Fucking tall, goofy kid. I give you two or three hits. Two max. or three hits, yeah. Well, Gerald <laughs> Everett got like two or three hits, and, and the ball went right to um, a San Francisco 49er. That was a rough game for him. I'll give him the hollow, man. Give him the hollow, man. Uh, but they won in spite of that A fumble on the goal line as well. And Carlos Dunlap made two really big plays in this game. Dunlap, who's been, you know, like started out like gangbusters in Seattle, has kind of had a quieter year. And after that Everett interception, you know, was on him, Dunlap came up with the safety. You know, like, that was a big deal in the game. And then late, the PBU that basically sealed it, uh, knocking the the pass down in the low red, where a rush is great, but you don't want to let up big rush lanes. You have to kind of play volleyball. And who better to play volleyball than damn Carlos Dunlap? He's taller than Mike Glennon. How tall is he? He's about. I mean, he's probably 6'8 and a quarter if Mike Glenn is 6'8. I believe. I don't know. That motherfucker's tall. How about him and Robert Quinn, same high school? I worked out with Dunlap down in Florida. Yeah, so did I. We worked out together there. (laughs) Remember that, yeah. We went to uh, a little Duvall show. Yeah. Me and and Dunlap. That was a lot of fun. Duvall, shout out. But yeah, they, they lost, and uh, I don't know. I don't know what happens with the Niners now. The problem with the Niners is this. They've been swept in division by the Cardinals and Seahawks. I keep talking about how dangerous they are, but they won't get there on a regular basis if they can't figure that out. You know, they can't just own the Rams. Seattle has Texans, Bears, Lions, Cardinals, Rams. Five straight, that would help Matt Nagy. They're going to get in if they win five straight. I don't know.
3: Yeah, it's unclear in the NFC, but there's a possibility that eight wins could get somebody in, so it's hard to rate anybody off right now.
0: Which is bad in a 16-game season. This is ridiculous. When you think about teams historically, the (laughs) Beastquake uh, Seahawks, who we let in the playoffs, I think that year we lost to Charlie Whitehurst and we let them in the playoffs, and then they ran over all the Saints Mm. in Seattle, and everybody remembers that. Usually, though, uh, these teams don't go far. Um, Niners, seven seed, Texans and Falcons on the schedule, Bengals, Rams, Titans, so some ups and downs. They couldn't get the run game going today. When you can't get the run game going, I don't know what you do with Jimmy. It just depends. And listen, the game of the week for me, before we finish with the AFC and the mess that that is, is the Lions, man. The Lions got to win. There's a bit here where everybody likes to cheer the Lions on, root them across the finish line. And in one way, I'm sad that's over because now people aren't going to care as much. They win their second
2: game. They're going to be like, hey, not too much now. You know, like remember there's there's, you know what that is? What's that? Life alert. Life alert. Again, for the people in Minnesota. Yep. Life alert. Another game of losing three points or less. Yep. And on top of it to a team that has no wins, you give them their first win the season. That, <laughs> that's really good, um, impressive.
0: So, anyways, I just like it's another heartbreaking loss for the for the Vikings, but for the Lions. Now, if you win another game, people are gonna be like, "Hey, a little too much winning now." You you got to think about the draft. But you know, Lions, if you start winning more games, people are gonna they're gonna be over it. I'm just this is the way it goes I've been there good for them I've been on a team that went won, won 1-15 ironically we got our win in Detroit we needed a fake field goal to Danny Fells to beat the Lions and it's hard man it is a it is a grind it wears you out it's a strain on your mental health losing that many football games in the NFL Reggie Scott used to have he's a trainer in in LA now still but he was in St. Louis and he used to have a picture that hung in his uh in his office, at least during the Spags tenure. I'm sure it's not there anymore. But it was a picture of all of us on a knee praying in Detroit after the game, like thanking God for giving us the nod that weekend. And I always used to think, like, did we fuck up the prayer the other 15 weeks? Not to, like, you know, like, being on a one of 15 team will convince you that nobody upstairs cares about football. Like, it's like, no, a benevolent ruler would not put anybody through this strain. It's really tough. And I'm really just happy for the for the Lions. And I'm happy for Dan Campbell because the thing I was talking about earlier with Brian Kelly and different coaches, they, they exist on a spectrum of being good people or people you can hang your hat on. And this guy, Dan, might, might fail here, but he's a good guy. He is a good guy. He cares about his players. And the fourth and one call was terrible. I hated it backed up. <laughs> I'm not saying that was Dan's call. What did I say to Reed? Reed, what did I say to you?
1: You said... Golf, don't turn your back. On, I, I said,
0: uh, don't give, don't put golf in a situation. As we were watching on on the live stream, by the way, I had the, the Lions eighteen ways, and the key here is the Vikings lost. So this was the biggest swing game for me in their win t- win total. This was an astronomical win today, as was the Chargers win. Uh, those are the two totals I'm sweating. But I said, don't on fourth and one, backed up with a chance to seal this game. Two minutes to go, the balls on them to go for it. I get that part of it. In fact, I thought that was the right call. But don't have the guy that you're not sure about turn his back to defense. And sure enough, it ends in not only a turnover on downs, but a turnover turnover, which was ugly. If you'd have told me that when the Vikings got the ball under two minutes, they would score a touchdown, and then the Lions would answer it with one of their own, I'd have said you were crazy. I mean, it took a third and 11 where the back cut the ball at the, at the 50 and ran out of bounds somehow. It took 14, was dog tired. St. Brown, that's his name. He was dog tired. He tapped out. And I go, Reed, after one of the plays, he tapped his helmet, you know, like, come get me in a two minutes. I'm like, buddy, the game's on the line and my money, dude. And then next thing you know, <laughs> this guy catches the game winner. And I totally get why he took himself out of the game. He needed a rest. And they always say, like, if you're too tired, hey. tap out and go. I'm glad he tapped out and he he got a little gas in the tank to go get it. And a bad defense on the last play. That was one of the – if you were talking about this game, you were talking about that defense. 1-16 in 16 is a lot better than 1-0-17 in 0 17 because 0-17, nobody's thinking about this. It's never been done, obviously. Ooh. And, you know, True. like – that would have been tough to match. Exponentially harder than
3: 0 16. You know how the 72 Dolphins pop champagne whenever the last undefeated team goes down? What do you think the 08 Lions and 17 Browns do when the last team gets a win? Do they like shock they some.
0: They go to like a, a, a group and talk about their feelings. Like, I feel like that shit just doesn't wash off. Yeah, it just doesn't. I can remember in college watching our our locker room. I've said this on this pod before. Greg Camarillo scored a touchdown for the Dolphins circa 08 or whenever they were almost 0-16. It was like a walk-off, and they weren't supposed to win the game. And it was at the end of the season. It was the thing that kept them from joining that really unfortunate club. So it's great for them. And for the Vikings, it's even better because I have a real shot at cashing in this bet now. And the Vikings' loss, to me, is so backbreaking that it reminds me of one of those, like, when Jeff Fisher was there and we couldn't get over the hump and we had bad quarterback play because guys were hurt. And it was no fault of Fish's, but we just couldn't get over the fucking hump. And some of those losses where you should have won late in the year and you have a run of bad performances, the quiet in one of those locker rooms, you know the loss is, like, that I'm talking about. They're yep. different.
2: Where everyone's sitting in a locker, and like you know the team's gonna have to bring it up to talk to the coach, and everyone's kind of lagging around. But what
0: the fuck are we gonna say, dude? Yep, there is nothing to say it's over, and everybody knows it. Unfortunately, Matt and Ackie, they're not eliminated, and that's the problem is like you go to work, it's fucking weird. You're like, when you decide as a team that you don't deserve to be in there, like that's a feeling that you never forget. There were times in 2018 with the Eagles, we lost a game to Tennessee that was abhorrent and I had a bad play late. Me and Michael Bennett had a bad play late on like a third and something, a third and long where we let Tannehill scramble out and there was a big disagreement on the sidelines. And, you know, we had championship DNA as a team, so we were able to recoup, but after a game like that, you feel like it's over. You know, like most teams fold. And I think this is a Vikings team that probably folds because they lost Thielen today, too. They're down a million guys. Guys, just give up. (laughs) It's warm. Just let go.
3: Just start to feel warm. Are you shooting the cannons off for them?
0: I don't want to do that. I don't want to tempt fate. And the last thing we got done doing was sorting out this AFC mess. I'll give the fly on the wall. Like, we watched the Baltimore and Pittsburgh game uh, in that sporadic, crazy, hectic... 4 p.m. slate. Fly on the wall, I'm going to give it to Miles Garrett because he's sitting at home and he's watching T.J. Watt. He wants to be Defensive Player of the Year. He's got 14 sacks. T.J. Watt now has a two or three sack lead on him. T.J. played his ass off. Three and a half sacks, six hits, 12 pressures. These are ungodly numbers. Mm. I think it's a two-man race for this award. We talked about digs early in the season. Streaky turnover, guys. Like, it cools. And eventually you're like... For you to pick the balls off he's picked off, it's incredible. Yeah. But there's a different kind of dominance when it comes to a defensive lineman or a pass rusher taking over a game. And that's what these two guys do. And so I'll give TJ the game ball because watching his, the veins in his neck pop out, screaming at the top of his lungs with a million terrible towels in the background, that's football to me. Like that's fourth quarter, division rivalry, you're cornered. That makes my hair stand on end. Getting opportunities on third down to go fucking make a big play. That's what being clutch is about. And TJ Watt is clutch. He showed up when his team needed it. And that's why he's in contention for that award. And by the way, Bevel Conway. That's going to Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Just the association of that rivalry. To me, I get a little excited. Even though Pittsburgh The defense up front they still kick ass in a lot of ways but it's just not as scary anymore Mark Andrews was bobbling a ball and he ended up like short of the sticks by two yards and was fighting like carrying a little tackler and there were three guys you knew they were coming to crack him and you just weren't afraid of what that sound would be just the back end it used to be so dangerous it was like a highway dude yeah, it was like be a, watching a dog on a highway. Like you're like, oh fuck! Like their a defense guy definitely used going to over swarm over the middle. Used yeah, to
2: swarm a lot.
0: Yeah, and the rivalry still, it's hateful, right? Like Devontae Freeman just got there, but he ran over. He was out of bounds and ran, ended up on the bench, and Benny Snell's sitting there right next to him. And usually, you know, a guy gets, goes out of bounds and falls into somebody's bench they all like pat him on the butt and like say like go back in there like whatever like good run maybe or they get out of the way like nobody reacted Benny Snell just looked at him <laughs> what the fuck are you doing here and then like there was some guy that was like do I help him do I not help him it's not a friendly rivalry and the Ravens are in a situation now where they have to win games because their schedule is so tough and the secret's out they're not that good Lamar's carried them and their their running backs are banged up, so the play action's not there. There's even more pressure on Lamar. It's getting to be too much. It really is. And 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 the throws today he was off on. I mean, the pick in the end zone, third and four, you know, they circled it, threw the ball to Freeman late. Mark Andrews is there. He's off target in general today. He's gonna have those days. He also gives you a chance when the offense breaks down, but they have failed to build around him. And just a couple injuries should not tank a Super Bowl championship aspiration-type team. That's why they're not, to me, a Super
2: Bowl team. But in the AFC right now, who really is? Every team has four losses. They have four losses. The Ravens now have four losses, right? Um,
0: 61 points, though, they scored in the last four games. So, that that run game, if it's not right... Um, four or more
2: losses. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, four or more losses. Yeah. You're right. Everybody's got four or more losses. So, it is wide open, but the quality of this team, I don't see them going toe-to-toe consecutively, week in and week out, with the teams that they're, they're going
2: to need to beat to go play in a Super Bowl. No, I agree. You know? Like we said before, um, like the teams are... It's about how they're trending. And, and a lot of teams are trending the wrong way versus getting quality wins and... Showing that you're improving on things that you need to at this point in the season. And the Ravens keep showing us the little things that they can't overcome.
0: Well, they overcame like a million um, turnovers last week. Their luck is running out. That's what's happening. Like Mm -hmm. early in the year, they had a lot of luck. They won close games. They're not winning their close games. And Baltimore reminds Tony Dungy of Pittsburgh. He said that after the game er, last year. And and I kind of get that because, you know, while I think Pittsburgh – held on convincing me that they were a good football team longer than Baltimore did this year. Pittsburgh faded down the stretch because they had some real deficiencies that were going to be hard to fix on the roster. I mean, there's just not a lot you can do to fix some of these things. And the decision, I mean, that's what everybody's talking about. Two-point conversion to win the game. Harbaugh puts up his hand. He doesn't even check with Lamar. I'm sure he checked with Lamar. I mean, but jokingly, I mean, he took it right out of his pocket. I mean, it was like he had it on his hip. And he says after the game that it had to do with the fact that their corners were down to a nub, right? Like Marlon Humphrey's out. It's a big loss, but he hasn't played well this year. You go into overtime, he's worried about the corners. I totally get it. But if you're talking about scoring touchdowns and that sort of thing, I look at it and say, if you have to score a touchdown with the Ravens in in overtime, They weren't great in the red zone today. So there's a few reasons that you could point to. They were two of five in the red zone today. I don't believe in the injuries so much. I think you're on the road. I think that's who you are. I think it's in your blood. I think it's in your team's DNA. And part of like a team believing and having that chance taking attitude, that gambling attitude that makes teams great, to go back to Doug Peterson, or like when I was with the Eagles, we thought we could be great because we took chances. Part of the attitude was like, fuck it. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes when the game's online, you got to take those chances just to exist in that identity. That's who they are. The play was there, and Lamar missed the throw a little bit, and Andrews kind of slowed up, but T.J. Watt affected it, that throw. I'll make it about T.J. Watt as much as anything, and, and that's the difference in the game. And maybe the difference in the number one seed. I I don't think they're going to pick up a lot of wins after this. Uh, Browns, Packers, Bengals, Rams, Steelers.
2: Football is the greatest reality show every single week because it's so great to think about just a few inches and we will be having a different conversation here right now talking about how big Harbaugh's balls are to go for it and them throwing a two-point conversion and all this stuff and off the fingertips and it's a whole different story.
0: Whole different story. We're talking about how clutch the Ravens are and 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 how they survive all the but that's the thing. You live dangerously and eventually it catches up to you and, and that's what's happening to them right now. So AFC, number one seed,'s got eight wins. I mean there's there's Kansas City at uh, eight wins right now. There's the Patriots at eight wins right now, the Titans with eight w- wins right now, which doesn't even feel real because Their entire identity is out for the foreseeable future. Uh, They've lost convincingly lately. Um,
2: But, like you call them all the time, they're cockroaches and they're hard to kill. And they're hard to kill. But
0: they're definitely different than the other two teams with eight wins right now that people are respecting as contenders the Pats and the Chiefs who just want Matt Nackie. It's
2: going to be a sad day when we have to ring the horn for the Tennessee Titans that will be sad. I think it's going to be the playoffs cuz they're cockroaches.
3: Yeah, so unlike in the NFC where a team is probably likely to get through with a record of 8 and 9, in the AFC it's pretty good chance that it's going to take a record of 10 and 7 to get in. So right now you got the Chargers and Bengals at 7 and 5 and the Colts at 7 and 6 kind of on the fringe.
0: There's three teams without 6 wins in the AFC like the Dolphins and the Patriots are two games apart. Insanity actually, to think about.
3: Put the Dolphins in the NFC and the Miami we, we, Herald would run an article about how they're going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah,
0: Miami Miami Herald, if they were in the NFC, would have already had the parade uh, and sponsored it. And they might be writing an article about us soon because we, we killed them last week and they won again. But, like, there's three teams without six wins. Jets, Texans, Jags. Tennessee and Baltimore have eight wins, but I don't take them seriously right now. You know, and one team, it's because of the injuries and the other team is because of the injuries, but also because I don't think they were that good, even to start the season. Their fucking injury report looked like a band t-shirt. They, it looked like if you just zoomed out and relaxed your eyes, there were so many names on there, I thought they were playing in Spokane. I thought Injury Report was <laughs> I know playing in, in Spokane. Spokane. Well, they, they like heavy metal, and there should be a band called Injury Report, and they should use the same font and do a poster because it looked just like it. The thing was, it was a thick with two Cs, Injury Report. And, um, dick, 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 dick. yeah, the, the these teams are banged up. So I wrote this at 8.23 at the kickoff of a Kansas City game. My three best teams in the AFC are the Pats, the Chiefs, and the Colts, in no particular order. And the Bills and the Chargers are on the outside looking in there. And some people are saying, what about the Ravens? I just told you. The Colts scare the Pats. In my opinion, I'm not saying, I'm not speaking for the Pats, but if I'm the Pats, the Colts concern me. If I'm the Chiefs, the Pats concern me and if I'm anybody, the Chiefs scare me, and uh, I think the Chargers scare corners. So, like, everybody's scared of somebody in the AFC, and I'm not sure who's afraid of the Bills, but we'll find out tomorrow night. This is a tailor-made opportunity for them to regain the standing that they've lost. You know, it's kind of, it, the NFL's kind of the opposite of, um, you know, thousand bridges, like you burn a bridge and you're bridge burner. You could be ass the entire season, but a nicely placed Monday night game against the hottest team in the league and you beat them, everybody's gonna forget about that Colts game. Everybody's gonna forget about everything you've done all year, how you've not run the ball, Josh Allen having a quietly down year. What have you done for me lately? Yeah, it's it's an interesting deal and that's the excitement of the NFL and and they're in it, like they're right in the AFC. I've thought at times this year, like early in the year, they could win the Super Bowl. I mean, they could go a long way proving tomorrow night that they're for real. So, the game's in Buffalo, which is another reason not to bet the Bills, really, because the Pats have owned them there. I mean, it's like everything about this thing, the turnovers, Josh Allen, uh, the only question mark is big game, rookie, in the rain. Oh, yeah, he played pretty solid against Tampa Bay, and that was like, feels like a lifetime ago, so this is going to be an interesting game, and the, the one thing that the Pats don't do well, stopping the run, the bills can't do so so sure. davis whites down it's weird it's
2: hey i i had an idea a business idea mm. maybe we should go to buffalo and we should be table sellers we should sell tables there are no business ideas in this studio after 1 a.m they like think about that they they I, buy tables to <laughs> jump through and break well, don't, you think some, don't you think somebody's already been like hey there's a
0: market here for tables there's Never probably known. a table store right outside the stadium. <laughs> they just sell tables. <laughs> Think about that. In one of those strip malls right there, there's a fucking plastic table store. We would move up to Buffalo, unpack our suitcase, and we'd be the laughingstock of the town. <laughs> so there's two things you proposed for me in Buffalo. First, we go up to Buffalo, and what was it? What was it? It
2: had something to do with injuring people. Uh, oh no! It was the table. It was a table thing. We we were gonna get, but we were. Well, no,
0: we were gonna get tables we'll that don't have,
2: break. And yeah, break, that, that's see? sadistic. No, it's one business. We're gonna have Buffalo the real table.
0: Trying to <laughs> you're trying to break into. You're an outsider trying to break into their number one industry
2: outside of bars. I'm I'm actually not. I'm bars with no windows. I'm from the state of New York, so I'm actually not a not an outsider. Well, yeah, but if you come in there and try to break
0: up their table selling industry and throwing them through tables that don't break, you're going to be public enemy number one, buddy. Well, selling for some guy in a Carhartt vest is going to look. (laughs) (laughs) I'm wearing a Carhartt vest. All right,
3: Matt nackie what you got? I mean tough two games coming up for the Bills. They got Patriots and then at Tampa, if both of those games don't go well, they're sitting seven and six. But they have an
0: opportunity to be like, hey, look at us. Yes. You know what I mean? Like if they,
2: they if they rattle if they find a way to rattle off these two wins, bro. It's gonna be it's gonna be
0: Buffalo to the Super Bowl. Uh,
2: you know how this thing goes? Oh I didn't write God. the rules. Changed every week. I change all the time.
0: It's cause teams change. Chargers, giant win. Giant, enormous win. Bengals loss, probably equally enormous.
3: Yeah, what you got, Matt? I mean, both those teams are now sitting at 7-5, and five, so that was a huge inflection point on the season for both of them.
0: What's the math? Do we have a math situation there?
3: We do. We have the Bengals at 42% to make the playoffs, and the Chargers surge to 77%. That's what the
0: Chargers do. They surge. <laughs> Electricity. Both seven and five, we had a Bengals wedding today. We had a Dolphins wedding today, by the way. I didn't mention that earlier. Somebody got engaged at the half of the Dolphins game. They broke a streak where they were 0-3. Uh, they were 0-3, I believe, Reed. 0-3 when somebody got married at a Dolphins game. Now they're 1-3. Right. Okay? And I told it to you. Those marriages are 0-3 so far. <laughs> and, and I'm hoping that something changes for the fourth couple. Like Generally, if you get married at a stadium, I don't know, does that raise your chances or lower your chances? Half of marriages end in divorce. I gotta imagine that, the, that three quarters of stadium marriages end in divorce. Is that insensitive? If you know somebody who got married at a stadium and is doing well, write us. <laughs> but somebody got married at a Bengals wedding, which I feel like actually a Bengals wedding would go. I feel like a Bengals wedding ends better than a Miami Dolphins wedding because, again, I'm sorry, guys, uh, you're lovable, but I have no idea. We got we got to do like a personality disorder test on you guys. Not only are you rooting for the Dolphins, you're getting married at their games. Where'd you get married? <laughs> the Hard Rock Stadium <laughs> at halftime. It was a quarterback stool between Tua. Tagovailoa, and Mike Glennon. To his 5'10", Mike Glennon 6'8". Weirdest game on Sunday. But anyways, Wahoo wah. fucking the Chargers were not playing games. The Chargers were not going to the jungle and getting jumped here. They were afraid of Joe Mixon, okay, with good reason. Like, everybody I talked to, everybody that knew something about football, my read on it was, damn, I should damn near hedge this uh, and bet the Bengals because the Chargers are going to lose this football game and I'm going to lose that over win total. Well, they jumped them and they never had to deal with Joe Mixon. You, you, you get a two, three touchdown lead early in the game. I think it was like 23, nothing or 24, throw that nothing run game out the window. Yeah. Throw that run game out the window. So what it was, Herbert was mad, dude. Don't get Herbert mad. He, he starts going for the jugular chargers you know, that they, they were due. They, they went back and forth the last six games. Win, loss, win, loss, win, loss. They're, they're still the Chargers, man. They're just the new and improved Chargers. Third and seven. I mean, he just rips a ball to Parham for 50 for no reason. Basically, he throws a Hail Mary because he's just like, fuck, I want to win this game. I want to <laughs> throw the ball far. Like, Parham should have caught the ball. It went right through his hands. I mean, earlier, he goes to Mike Williams for 47. A lot of the CBS crew is yelling, you know. Like I want that CBS crew doing Justin Herbert games all the time because it's just a lot of shit that makes you yell. That some of the throws that he made early in the in, in the game were unbelievable. Most impressive thing to
2: me though, yeah, is the tackle. Oh the tackle, yeah, his tackle, the, the tackle he made on the pick was that a- he amazing. threw. But just like you said, that ah, I I just want to throw this ball when he threw that pick. It was when he went for that tackle, he had his mind made up that this dude is not scoring a touchdown off of this interception. Listen, those two (laughs) quarterbacks have
0: balls because last week Joe Burrow tried to beat a guy up. He has no business trying to beat up after a pick, T.J. Watt. And then this week, uh, Justin Herbert found a way to run down an interception Use the sideline and get his head across. There but are he, corners who don't make that tackle. He, like, I I don't see that tackle made with that effect. He
2: made quarterbacks. I think all the quarterbacks should thank him because he made you guys all look good. Or he made them
0: all look bad because then, like, later, you got Teddy Bridgewater trying to tackle in that game. We'll get to that in a second. At least he tried this week. The O line was hurting for Cincy. Their guys, their, their young guys who were replacing guys, penalties early, they were backed up. It was third and long. They got jumped. Jamar Chase, two drops, pick early uh, on him. You know, Burrow was mad. That finger, that pinky is important. I get it. Like, he's frustrated. And he came out and threw the ball pretty well. The throw to Boyd on third and and three, like uh, over I forget who it was, but he just floated that thing in there. It looked fine to me. Stood in there, got blasted, throwing the ball to Boyd, like took one in the sternum. Just a tough guy, man. Tough. Just Angry when it's not going well, but not in a self-destructive way in a way that he really channels that shit And they damn near made a run He was so mad on on fourth and four at the end of the half when he's trying to figure out if they want to get a playoff or not He just walks off and is like fuck like what is going on now? That's how bad they were playing in the first half unforgivable issue for them. though was the fumble You can do all those things and Joe can put you back in the game but when you fumble that football and you give up a return for a touchdown, totally swings the game. Killed the momentum, and that was it. And on the other side, Eckler, rare couple fumbles. They survived
3: those. Are you worried at all about Joe Burrow's finger injury?
0: I am a little worried about it because uh, fingers, it's such an exact science. You, like, you want that thing to heal in the perfect shape. I have a few fingers that didn't heal in the perfect shape, and cause I was a D lineman, I wasn't worried about my fine motor skills. Now, like I drop things all the time. Like I, I have a fused thumb. That's something that like, it just happened. I have a plate in my hand, but I have a bunch of like fingers that are like slightly off and they're like all bent up. That makes it hard to grip a football if it doesn't heal right. So I know it's like supposedly a dislocation. The swelling can make things heal kind of funky. You gotta keep that down. You gotta keep it straight. It's gotta heal in the right position. Yeah, and, it's not going to be like
2: a Russell Wilson situation, but he's just got to like stay on top of that, I'm definitely sure. Definitely got to stay on top of it, especially coming to the end of the season where it's getting cold. These games are going to start being colder. That yeah. finger being stiff, it, it's more about even if you get the treatment that you that you need, and the finger feels are right. what's going to happen in game, like, after halftime, not moving it, and all those type of things, so it'll be interesting to watch that here coming in the later weeks.
0: Yeah, no, I I mean, they're not out of it, and again, Trey Hendrickson, Rashawn Slater, people aren't beating him, Uh, he had a sack today, at least one that I saw, he just continues to impress even me, I'm like, damn, this kid's just like even better than I thought every week. And I, I've already called him a great rusher. That's a nice pelt on the wall there to beat that rookie because that rookie's been playing really well. Lastly, the Chiefs. Listen, the Chiefs saved my bacon today. They were my knight in shining armor. Uh, they were my Rapunzel, I think. I was the princess and the pea, all that shit. I was chasing and they saved me. It was a fairy tale. I bet them a million ways, I bet the the under a million ways and it worked to perfection. A lot of people were saying, hey, the Broncos. Might want to think about them.
1: Nah. Right, Reed? Go Broncos forever and always.
0: Yeah, but also not quite the the vote of confidence because you got, you, you got a brain. You've seen the way the Broncos have played. You've watched a lot of it up close. When they play the Chiefs, they don't play well. And tonight, man, they had their chances, but that defense for Kansas City has played really well the last uh, month or so, and that's bad news for everybody else because they don't have to 100% fill, figure out the offense if they play like that defensively. Now, the one thing that they haven't figured out, that receiver. Who's the guy that he can trust? Like Pringle, a couple drops today, and as you pointed out, Nate, made up for it on special teams. He was about to be our
2: hollow man. Yeah, he might have been a hollow man if things had changed differently. And but, he saved the day by pushing a Broncos defender into yeah. his own yeah. returner and causing a turnover. Yep, yep. Dropped a few balls. You know, Tyreek dropped a few
0: balls. Let's not forget about that. Like it was a windy night, things were off. You know they had to commit to the run game. Two very good running backs in this game. Williams is is a total fucking stud. He falls, he sneezes for three yards, dude. Like he just, he's really hard to wrap up and tackle. You can tell he's a powerful guy. But the Chiefs, man, the Chiefs, they got the job done. And um, I don't know if they can figure out how to use Josh Gordon. And they find a way to win a Super Bowl because of him becoming a viable option. That 30 for 30 would be great. Oh, my God, dude. Unbelievable. And I want to give Sorensen the OA award because a guy that looks like, looks like a 30-something-year-old white guy with a receding hairline, and he, he high-stepped into the end zone and, and guaranteed a cover for me. And, and when he picks the ball off at the, the 40-yard line, nobody's thinking Sorensen's going to the house. But you know, he can
2: really run. So I'm giving him the OA award. You know, it would have just made that just even perfect if he would have got into the end zone and did the gritty. If he did the gritty, yeah, which is the thing everybody's doing with yeah. the arms and the legs, I'm pretty sure. I'm not gonna say I'm pretty sure he can't do it, but if I'm he did sure. do it, it would it would have been very impressive. Well, if because he could have done the, even the, the swag he that did, he did, whatever he did, I've never yeah. seen it before. So I did it's swag. Sorensen
0: had swag. I talked to my brother about that. That was incredible.
2: That's something that he's probably done in practice a million times. You know, you get practice interceptions yeah. and things like that. Yeah, and maybe you. You really just think about it, and you're like, yo, if it happens, I'm going to do this.
0: That was, uh, that was a heavy high step. But those guys <laughs> stepped up on defense, and, and I'll keep it short on the Chiefs. Chiefs are scary. And they're in it, and, uh, you know, they get a guy named Kyle Long back eventually, and uh, it's more depth on that offensive line, and I don't know. I'm excited. I'm excited for my brother, speaking honestly, because there was a time where I was like, damn, like, they're not that good this year. Okay. They seem back. I'm pretty excited. Hey, I didn't do Best Plane Ride and Worst Plane Ride. I'll do it right now.
1: Best Plane Ride was the Philadelphia Eagles.
0: The Philadelphia Eagles because they're on a bus. And when you're on a bus, after a football game, it's the best thing in the world, dude. Best thing in the world. In college, we used to fill up Gatorade bottles with Aristocrat vodka. We had, uh, I had gummies and and nice liquor, expensive liquor. Try to get that triple seat row. You know, the one by the bathroom? That was my row.
2: I've been I've been on one of those rides and stuck with like a, a, a sitting partner and been miserable. Oh man, if you're the guy that has to sit next to like
0: Jordan Mailata, like Jordan Mailata sitting in some row and like, you know, he's probably just death staring every motherfucker that walks back there. It'd always be the last guy on the bus, like the, the sports information director or like the media guy that's like, can I sit here? And I was like the smallest D lineman and also a nice guy, so I usually tried to... But if I was Jordan Mailata, no way you're sitting next to me. No way. Nobody. I got my own row stretching out. Um, Worst plane ride. I'll go Jags because that's a long plane ride to go get your ass kicked like that. And they have not figured out a way to start fast, like on the year. It's ugly. Was
1: that the bad plane ride, Reed? That That was a bad plane ride. We also had the Vikings. The Vikings. Yeah, the Vikings is pretty bad, too. If you take Jacksonville, they also had to watch Gardner Minshew shred. The Jets defense.
0: That's that was the brilliant point that you made was like at the end of that game, they're probably watching Minshew, who was just there,
2: do something that the second coming can't do for them. It's incredible. He was just here. Someone's gonna do the someone's gonna put the meme in when it's like the Wolverine and he's holding a pitcher. And oh, the Wolverine at, picture meme? <laughs> yeah, and it's it's going to be like the Jags, and they're looking at Garner Minshew.
0: Is that what that meme means? It's just kind of like... Wolverine
2: misses somebody?
0: Yeah. Really?
2: I, I think so. It's
0: so funny how many times I've looked at that meme and been like, that's it's just probably like sitting, funny.
2: It's like you're sitting in your bed, and you're just like You know what
0: being old is, and I'll end the show on this? <laughs> being old is looking at memes and laughing and not understanding them and being like, I oh, no, that's funny. Quick. My cause, my cleats. Yeah. What would yours be? Oh, mine? Well, obviously Waterboys, but I think the, the question was framed jokingly earlier. And Reed had like a serious charity on the live stream. What was it?
1: Pow, Save our winners. Protect our winners.
0: And I was like, oh, that's nice. You to protect all my bets. Like that would be your cause. So I stopped losing bets around you every Sunday. It has nothing to do with that. So no. shout out to our uh, well, m- winner.
2: Mine's would be Project Come Up. Shout out to Project Come Up. It is a mentorship program with oh, the mission to increase the financial literacy of young Black and Brown adults. I love this. There you go. Shout I out love this. I didn't have a serious. Uh, you, mine
0: would be the Steve Gleason Foundation. Man, if I'm not going to do a you know like a homie pick and say Water Boys or our Ed Zone thing, one of my heroes, man. I love that dude. You got a chance to know him a little bit. You know, tail end of my career. In fact, my last game, I think I met Steve for the first time. Or no, it was it was, uh, it was the game we got beat forty four to seven. Second to last game in the Superdome, and my last year, got a chance to meet Steve. Got a chance to meet his family. Got a chance to go up D.C. to see him get that medal and what he's done in a community that that oftentimes hasn't had hope like the hope that he's given people, not just because of the research that he's been able to fund and the things, the technologies that he's been able to advance the ball on, but also the strength and the the intestinal fortitude that he has every day also inspires people. So not only does he move the ball forward, but he inspires people. I'm putting fucking Steve Gleason on my cleats. I already got the Jersey back here. The whole thing, I had a hat. He sent a hat there. Foundation has awesome hats too. No white flags. Jersey that jersey is lit white flag on this pod though why is that because it's fucking late let's go to bed oh hey we put it's that football in. for one day hey is in the barn yeah it is hey wahoo whatever happens this week wahoo wah guys I yeah i got yeah that's all i gotta say <laughs>